You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Happy Monday afternoon to everybody. Hope you all had a great weekend. Mine was extremely busy. That's what I can tell you. My weekend was action-packed. Um... Not a ton of fun, I'll admit. I was moving apartments here in Auburn. I think I mentioned that on Friday before I got out of here. Uh, All day Saturday was moving apartments here in Auburn. I moved from uh, what was a... A student apartment because I, you know, was obviously going to Auburn University. Uh, I'll be graduating in the beginning of August, so very excited to do that. But I was living in a student living apartment. Didn't need to be living there anymore. Not a student, and <laughs> so was moving to uh, another apartment here in Auburn, and so had to do that all day Saturday. Luckily, my family, my parents came down and helped me, uh, help me move. And so got all of that done. And so still currently unpacking a bunch of stuff, unpacking bags and, and whatnot, and still trying to, to find stuff that I need that I didn't have at the other place. This, part, this apartment's a little bit bigger, so still trying to work on that. If you've ever had to move, which I'm sure a lot of you have, you know how much of a process that is. And still trying to find stuff that I packed up somewhere and trying to find, uh, you know, this morning I was looking for socks. I was like, okay, I've got clean socks around here somewhere. I remember packing them. I just don't remember where I packed them at. So if you've moved, which I'm sure you have, you know what that process is like getting from one place to the other, getting everything unpacked, remembering where you packed it, remembering everything, and and really trying to, to just figure out what you need when you move to a new place. So that's what I did all weekend. And so I was very busy. And then this morning, my alarm went off at 5 a.m., Today was my last day hosting Auburn Opelika this morning on News Talk WANI, our sister station here at Auburn Network on 98.7. I was filling in for Ben Taylor, who hosts Auburn Opelika this morning. I did that Thursday, Friday, and on Monday. So 5 a.m. wake-up call. The show is from 6 to 9. I highly recommend that you tune in. Ben Taylor does a fantastic job. If you're looking for local Auburn Opelika news in the mornings, it's News Talk WANI 98.7. Tune in to Auburn Opelika this morning from 6 to 9 over there with Ben Taylor. He does a fantastic job. But 6 to 9 hosting that Thursday, Friday, and today. So I am tired. I will admit it's Monday, and I'm already you know, already tired, but that's okay. We're going to be just fine. I'm glad to be back here in the studio here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Phone lines are open, folks. Let me hear from you. I know you got something on your mind. 334-321-1390. Anything you want to talk about, anything you want to mention, talk to me, ask me. Anything you want to talk about related to sports, call in, be a part of the show. Let's talk it out here on the air. 334-321-1390. That is the number to put you through to me. Hour number one officially underway here on the Monday edition of On the Line. We are 54 days away from the college football season. That is right, 54 days until September 3rd when Auburn will kick off the season 
And I feel like the hype is just getting a little bit more and more increasing every day, in my opinion, from what I'm hearing, what I see uh, on, on social media and talking to people. You know, I, I think, I think the, the, the optimism and the positivity is on the rise. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, and I think that's the case. We have SEC Media Days next week, and if you missed it, I, st- I think I talked about this on Friday. It's been a long few days, but I think I talked about this on Friday I will be at SEC Media Days next week, all next week. I will be doing the show on the line live from SEC Media Days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live from Radio Row at SEC Media Days, getting interviews with anybody that I can, whether it be coaches, players, uh, other media personalities, anybody I can get a hold of uh, that wants to have an interview and talk with me, get some sound bites, ask people some questions, I'm going to do it. And the goal is to get, I mean, just literally as many interviews and sound bites that I can throughout the entire day. We'll play them back during the show. And then, you know, also trying to get people live. If they're available to come by and sit down and have a conversation from two to four during the show, they're on Radio Row. We will try to do that as well. So I'm very excited for that opportunity. Uh, that is a dream come true, folks. I can, I can tell you that right now. Dream come true for me to be able to go over to SEC Media Days. Growing up, uh, when I would be at my dad's in Birmingham over the summer, I would go to SEC Media Days every single year as a fan. I would go over there, uh, and I would, you know, my dad and I would go in on, we would, we would invest in mini helmets and the, you know, the white signed footballs that, you know, you get them signed, you know what I'm talking about, and for years, we would go in on something like that, and I would go over every single week and hang out with all of the fans and get autographs and talk to, you know, Paul Feinbaum and talk to all of these media personalities and growing up, really as a teenager, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And, and one day, I, I, you know, I always knew, and I told myself, I said, this is the coolest thing in the entire world to me. I, I want to be here. I'm going to find a way to be here one day, and here we are. I will be there all next week long. Um, I'll be credentialed, so I'll be walking around again, trying to get sound bites for the show, trying to get interviews. Whoever, whoever wants to talk and answer some questions, we're going to get them either live on the show or I'm going to record it. We're going to play it back. I'm so excited staying over there in Atlanta this year. Uh, they've, you know, it's, they've kind of been bouncing back and forth from a couple locations, but it is in Atlanta this year. So that is all next week, Monday through Thursday. Super excited for that, so make sure you tune in going to be a ton of good content next week live from SCC Media Days and I'm really really excited for that it'll still be the same time two to four we'll just be live from Radio Row uh, over in Atlanta all next week long for SCC Media Days I'll be announcing that every day making sure everybody keeps up and knows that that's going on because I'm really 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 excited for that if you can't tell so SEC Media Days next week and you know what that means That means college football is that much closer. The countdown to 50 days is on. SEC Media Days is next week. And then after that, it's going to go by so quick, folks. I promise. We'll be almost through July by that point. Fall camp will be going, will get going underway in just a couple of weeks after that. And then once fall camp starts, then we're going to have some more talking points. We're going to have stuff that we could talk about and hopefully some news coming out of uh, fall camp with position battles and. Hopefully no health concerns when it comes to Auburn football and we can really start preparing for the season that begins on September 3rd. So lots that we will be talking about in the upcoming weeks. 
Uh, this week, later on in the week, we're going to have Christian Clemente from 24-7 Sports. He's going to give us all of the updates on Auburn football recruiting. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. Not sure exactly what day yet. Him and I are still working out some of the details, but hopefully trying to get Christian Clemente on later in the week for all of Auburn football recruiting updates. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I'll try to, um, to, to keep you updated when he is coming on as well. He always has great information with Auburn football recruiting. But we've got a lot to talk about here on the Monday edition of On the line that was kind of a uh, a drawn out announcement section but phone lines are open anything on your mind 334-321-1390 that's the number to put you through to me and right now there is not a ton going on with Auburn football right it's July there's not really you know they're not practicing they're having you know little private workouts stuff like that but when it comes to some Auburn basketball stuff. The NBA Summer League is on, and Auburn basketball players are making a name for themselves right now. Of course, we know Jabari Smith is in the NBA. He was drafted third overall to the Houston Rockets. We know how that situation went down. And he has been playing in the NBA Summer League. He has a couple of games under his belt now. And his shooting woes continue. He played last night. He went 5 of 19 from the field. He played 31 minutes in a two-point win for the Houston Rockets in the NBA Summer League, but he played more minutes than anybody, which is a good sign. He played 31 minutes, but he shot 5 of 19 from the field, which is a whopping 26%. And look, that's, that's not good, folks. That's not good, but here's what we have to remember. It is the NBA Summer League, right? It is the NBA Summer League, and you just kind of, you can take this bit of information and you can say, yeah, okay, you can realize it, but let's not overanalyze it. And I think it kind of goes both ways. Yes, he shot five of 19, so you can say, well, it's the Summer League. He'll be okay when the season starts. Or you can say, well, it's just the Summer League. The talent is not just over-the-top best thing you've ever seen in the entire world. It's not LeBron James playing out there. This is a bunch of young guys playing in the NBA, and he's only shooting 5 of 19. Should we be concerned? Right? Those are the two ways to look at this. When you look at the first two games for Jabari Smith, he had 10 points in the first. In his first game, he had 12 points last night on 5 of 19 shooting. And... I watched a little bit of the game, not a ton. I watched a couple videos online, and he's shooting. I want to say he's shooting with confidence, right? And we know that he has confidence shooting the basketball because he is so good when he shoots the basketball. So we know that about Jabari Smith. We saw that during his time at Auburn, especially when he gets hot. We know what he can do with the basketball in his hands. But there's no denying that in his first two games in this NBA Summer League, he hasn't performed to what people thought he would. And it doesn't help that Paolo Bancaro, who was taken number one overall, he is performing to what people thought he would. But again, this is the Summer League. And so I am going to say, let's pump the brakes a little bit and... Let's let the growing pains kind of work themselves out a little bit. And this will probably happen at the beginning of the regular season as well. Because there is a major step up between the NBA Summer League and the NBA regular season. Because the Summer League is rookies, first-year, second-year type of players coming in the NBA that are trying to get some more reps in the Summer League. That's why, that's, that's why the Summer League exists, right? So they're playing professional talent. 
but they're playing against very young professional talent. But that's why they do it, and it's a great way to get experience. It's a great idea that the NBA does it. And so you look at Jabari, he has poor shooting last night, not performing, I don't think, to what people, to his expectations, but I think he's going to be just fine. But a player that you may forget about, and it's easy to do, and I hate to say it that way, but a lot of times you do forget that this guy played at Auburn, and he's playing in the NBA, and he is a young rising star. How about JT Thor? Right? How about JT Thor, the guy who was very quick in and out of Auburn, drafted to the NBA, and has been making a name for himself as of late. He plays for Charlotte, and last night he's still playing in the NBA Summer League because he's, he's very, very young in the NBA, and it's very smart for him to try and get some runs and get some experience and get some reps in the NBA Summer League. And last night for Charlotte and their game against the Lakers in the Summer League, it went to double overtime, and... I'll be honest, I didn't know this, but once it went to double overtime, it was first first one to score wins. You know, like when you're playing out on the on the park or you know on the playground, whatever, and you're playing with your buddies, you're playing basketball, and you say, "All right, first one, you know, next basket wins." I'm tired. We're trying to go home. That's what happened last night. They got to double overtime because remember, it's just the summer league. Wins and losses are cool, but they're not as crazy as this sounds. The wins and the losses are not the most important thing in the summer league. That's not why they're playing. They're playing for the players and the coaches and all of that, right? I've talked about that a lot. And so once they get to double overtime, they're thinking, okay, we're not trying to stay here all night. We're not trying to get anybody hurt. We're not trying to get everybody exhausted playing five overtimes in a summer league game that literally does not matter who wins or loses. So they said in double overtime, next basket wins. The Lakers missed a shot. And then the, the Charlotte Hornets, they ran a play for JT Thor on the wing. He set the screen on the wing, on the right wing. He rolled to the corner. They kicked it to him. And with a ton of confidence, he stepped up, took the shot, and absolutely buried it. He buried it for a game-winning shot. And Charlotte wins a double overtime in the Summer League game. JT Thor, the big man, stepped out and just absolutely nailed a three-point shot. It was a great-looking shot, good-looking stroke, a nice play that they ran for him. That was specifically for him. And, I mean, he took it with tons of confidence. We talk about Jabari Smith shooting with confidence. JT Thor shot that ball with confidence last night, and he nailed it. He absolutely buried it, bottom of the net, and Charlotte went home happy. They had a win in the Summer League. And JT Thor is oftentimes a forgotten star. You forget that he played at Auburn sometimes, and you forget how good of a player he was. And it's, it's fun to look at him now and think his potential is extremely high. He has a lot of athleticism. He's very tall and lengthy. He could put on a little bit of muscle too, right? We've seen that situation multiple times. He could put on a little bit of muscle, and I'm sure he will. But if he's able to do that, if he's able to step out and shoot the three ball, and he's able to still put the ball on the floor, and he's still able to finish at the rim and get rebounds and dunk on people, JT Thor could be a fantastic basketball player in the NBA. And I feel like when people are talking about Auburn in the NBA, JT Thor's not really brought up a whole lot. I feel like that's a, a, a legitimate scenario, is JT Thor's not brought and, and myself included. Myself included, right? So... 
I'm glad he hit that shot last night. I'm glad he was in the headlines, and I'm glad it's in the middle of July when not a whole lot is going on because people saw that, and people were like, wow, what a great shot by a great kid. And then they start researching him and like, oh, yeah, he played at Auburn. Well, you know who else does that? Recruits. Recruits do that. So that's a fantastic sign for, for Auburn that JT Thor is able to do that in the summer league. You hope that he can continue to have success in the NBA when the regular season comes around and, of course, for all of the other Auburn players as well. But just looking around at some of the players in the NBA right now for Auburn, you have Isaac Okoro in Cleveland, JT Thor with Charlotte, Jabari with Houston, you have Walker Kessler with the Jazz, and, you know, of course, he's been with about three different teams and he hasn't even touched the floor yet. So we'll see how that situation ends up. And then you've got some guys still fighting to get into the league. Jared Harper is a fantastic basketball player. He's still playing in these you know, summer league games and G League games, and he's playing so well. But I think, I just, I, I just think they're never going to give him a, a full, true chance because of his height. And I hate that because Jared Harper is a fantastic basketball player, and he'll show you how good he is. He can score, he can pass, he can handle the ball, he can run the offense, he can bring it up the floor. But at the end of the day, he's just not tall enough. And they don't, they don't want to mess with that, they don't want to deal with that, and they don't want that to be realized in regular season action or crucial basketball games when he drives to the rack and gets swatted. And it's not because he's not good enough, he just isn't as tall as everybody else in the NBA And if you look around, look at the guys that are standing in the paint. There's some big dudes down there. There's guys like Walker Kessler, tall, and who are built like LeBron James. I mean, those are the types of players in the NBA. And we know how Jared Harper plays as a point guard. He's not afraid to take it to the rack. He's going to dribble around his defender, blow by him off the three-point line, and he's going to the rack. But the problem is in the NBA, at the highest level, more likely than not, he's not going to get there. He's not going to make it because a seven-footer is just going to stand in his way. And that's unfortunate, and there's nothing you could do about that. I hope he gets his chance. I hope he gets that break. I just don't know if the NBA is going to give it to him. We'll find out. Same thing with Bryce Brown. We've seen him battle his way you know, through G League uh, games and teams and stuff like that. He's still a great player, too. But those are some of the players you see right now. For Sharif Cooper with Atlanta, same situation, right? So there's good players for Auburn that are going to the league, either staying in the NBA or fighting for their way to get to the league and still fighting to get to the league. It's exciting times for Auburn basketball, and I think there's more to come. I do. I just think there's more to come. I think more players for Auburn are going to end up going to the NBA. We're going to talk about that a lot more here coming up after the break. We'll talk about Jabari and his slow start. What's it going to take for him to get going again? We'll talk about why Auburn players have success in the NBA. And, of course, is this something that will continue? I think it will. We're going to talk about that on the other side of this break. Hey, we're off and running on the Monday edition of On the Line. What do you think about Auburn players in the NBA Do you think this is a trend that will continue? We'll talk about that more. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. Off and running here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. 
online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Jacob Goins with you here on the show. Continuing on talking about Auburn basketball players going on to the NBA, some summer league performances, guys that we have seen play in the NBA for a few years now. Question of the day. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. With all of the professional leagues that Auburn can send professionals to that they can send their players to a league whether it be the NFL the NBA the MLB um, you know whatever it the NHL Auburn does have you know club hockey so they do have that or if it's soccer whatever it may be here's the question of the day to you which professional league do you want to see the most Auburn players in if you had to choose one of the professional leagues that Auburn athletes can go to after school which one do you want to see the most Auburn players in and having the most success and why? Is it the NFL, the NBA, the MLB? Is it something else? Is it whatever it may be? What professional sport is it? What professional league is it and why? That's the question of the day to you. 334-321-1390. I'd love to hear from you and what you have to say uh, about that. Which professional sports league do you want to see the most Auburn players in and why? 334-321-1390. But talking about, you know, Jabari's early summer league shooting woes in these first couple of games, he has two games under his belt and the offense has been eh, right? It's been okay. He had 10 points in his first game, 12 in the game last night, and you know, or it was over the weekend. I can't remember if it was last night or Saturday, but he had 12 points on five of 19 shooting. And we saw this at Auburn at times, right? We saw him have these games where he just did not shoot the basketball well at all. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball well at all. There was a couple of games in this past season where he just didn't shoot the ball well. And that happens to guys like him. Kevin Durant does not shoot the ball lights out every single game, night in and night out. Steph Curry does not shoot the ball fantastic night in and night out. That's just how it goes sometimes. But I think Jabari is good enough to where he don't have to worry about that long term. Hey, let's head to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. You're on line one. Who am I speaking with? That is Dan. All right, Dan, what you got? Oh, not much. Um... Your first thing that you threw out there about which sport, yeah, um, I would stick with basketball just because you know it's on more nights a week and you get to more chances, uh, you know, to to see the players, mm-hmm. and and I think that 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 would probably be best in my opinion. Right. So you'd um, rather see you'd rather see more Auburn players in the NBA than in the other league. Yeah, I mean, right right now, I yeah, mean, definitely. It seems like a good answer, but I mean, we want them in every every sport, obviously. But oh yeah, you know, we'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> but uh, but you know, yeah, I, I agree. You know, Jabari, you know, struggled a little bit, but you know, a lot of the shots he's taken are shots that he typically will make, and I know he'll make them at some point. But he has defended extremely well. Yeah, and I think, and he's also rebounded extremely well. I, you know, I think he's become a better rebounder. You know, more aggressive and and, and just taking rebounds away from people. You know, if he's doing all that, then shooting's going to come. And they, they had one of the uh, coaches on there, and they were asking about it, you know, if he was worried about it. And he said, no, he goes, 
as long as he's shooting good shots and he's not afraid to take them, then we want him to keep shooting. He said, he goes, what makes him have a good night is all the rest of the stuff. He goes, if he's defending well and, and he's getting blocks and steals and rebounds and, and, and making some assists, you know, without turning it over, he said, then he's having good games. He goes, he goes shooting, you know, everyone's going to have, have some good days and bad days. He said, but he goes, that's how you determine whether somebody has, has a good game or not. And he said, so we're not concerned at all. And so, like, we, everybody knows he can shoot. You know, he, he might light it up this next game, and then no one will be talking about it anymore. That's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. I'm glad you brought that up because in basketball, yes, you want to you have the good offensive performance, but every coach will tell you that exact statement. As long as they do everything else right, then you can make up for the shooting woes. And I agree with you 100%. I think Jabari has rebounded really well. He's defended really well. And if you watch the broadcast, uh, you know the, the broadcasters will tell you that. They, they can see and notice his, his defensive presence and his defensive skill set. And obviously he got that. You know he, he built on that at Auburn. But his team and his coaches noticed that as well. So you're absolutely right. The, the offensive woes, they'll, they will go away eventually as long as he does everything else correctly. Yeah, I'm going to switch to one other thing real quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but there's some videos out there. Uh, one that just watched with uh, uh, Marquise Burks uh, where they're interviewing him and they're asking him all types of questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, think, I think the one that I saw last night was about 37 minutes. And it, it gave a lot of great insight. And, and, and you can get a good feeling about the program by listening to the players. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the rest. I haven't had time to yet. But um, I think it's cool that they're putting – stuff out like that i don't know if it's because the nli and you know people are paying to get interviews or what but you know when you hear it from the mouth of the players then it sure you know you feel a lot better than just you know some other gossip going around you just don't know but uh but but he he talked about how much stronger they are and and how he goes the coaches don't have to get on to him about discipline he goes is everyone because we've created the 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 brand or the system he goes he goes it just you show up it's not about do I want to show up? It's like the coaches don't have to, you know, beat us on the head about it. He goes, he goes, he goes. If you're not showing up, you're 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 like you're you're in the minimum. I thought there's no there's like everybody is bought in. He said everybody's doing the right things, and I, I was really encouraged about that. But if you haven't um, heard it, you definitely should go listen to it. Yeah, I will. For, I will for sure. Hey, we're up against a break. I appreciate the appreciate call. It. Hey, that's a great point, and I think that's exactly what Auburn needs. Not just football. Give it to them all. That's how a program is successful. I love that. Absolutely love that. Hey, we'll hit on that some more later on. We got Joey Blackwell from Bama Central coming up. You are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Well, no show last Monday, so we didn't get a chance to talk to him, but we are back today. Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. Joey, we got a lot to talk about, my man, with SEC Media Days coming up next week. So let's jump right into it. Of course, like I said, Media Days are next week in Atlanta. I will be there all week long. I'm sure you'll be there at least one of those days when Nick Saban and Alabama will roll in and there will be a ton going on that day. But with Media Days being next week, what are some of the things you're expecting to see and hear uh, from the media and from Nick Saban and the players uh, next week? 
Well, I think the two topics of discussion you know, that, that immediately leap to my mind are the same two topics that most people are wanting to hear about, and that's NIL and, of course, conference expansion. Um, regarding conference expansion, you know, obviously that's a huge topic of discussion, <laughs> thanks to all the, you know, all the, all the, you know, starting with UCLA and USC moving to the Big Ten, and now we're hearing potential teams headed to the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve, and just all the, the, all the shuffling and realignment going on. So I'm really interested to see, you know, the coaches and maybe even some of the players and what their thoughts on all that are. And then moving on to NIL, you know. Last year, NIL was a huge topic of discussion because, you know, it was still an unexplored frontier. Now we've explored a little bit more of it, but it's still more of a Wild West. So I'm interested to see what some of the coaches have to say after a a year of NIL under their belt. Well, you know, last year it was just a couple of weeks in because NIL started on July 1st and then Media Days was a few weeks after that. So it was literally brand new. And like you said, now it's just a Wild West free-for-all. So I'm sure that would be a huge topic of discussion as long with the the conference expansion conversation. What do you expect from Nick Saban to say about those two topics, if you had to guess? Well, conference expansion, he'll probably just talk about, he'll probably give the same old answer he always gives, and that's that he's not the one that makes decisions, and there's the reason reason he doesn't make those decisions, you know. Nick Saban has always been very good at kind of shrugging those things off. I'm sure he'll talk about how conference expansion overall could be a good thing or could be a bad thing, depending on how it ultimately works out. And regarding NIL, you know, he was, you know, one of the first ones to tout how much Bryce Young had, uh, how much money Bryce Young had been able to pull in. Um, of course, everybody remembers Nick uh, Lane Kiffin's viral reaction to that <laughs> just a few uh, couple of days later. But you know, I, I you know I think he'll talk about how it it helps athletes create value or create value for themselves, which is something he's always reiterated. But now that we have a year under us, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he talks about how it's impacted his team. Um, you know, after the last 365 days, we've got Joey Blackwell of Bama Central on the phone. Now, talking about the upcoming season and, you know, the the football situation, the roster situation, what types of questions and answers do you expect Nick Saban to get? And Alabama goes on Wednesday like they normally do. So what do you expect to hear and see from Nick Saban at the podium when it comes to the football team currently right now? Well, you know, I think you talk, you know, one of the, one of the biggest issues of the team last year was its uh, lackluster leadership. This team was still flipping over or, or had a huge turnover rate from that 2020 national championship season. Um, so I think, you know, from what we heard from him in the spring, he's been very confident in the leadership and the mentality of his team. So I think we'll hear a lot about of that from him. I, I assume we're going to have Bryce Young and Will Anderson as two of the players. We don't know that for sure. But if those two indeed are two of the players that will be there, I'm sure we'll also hear a lot about the mentality of the team from them because we haven't had Bryce Young since the spring, but of course we did get to hear from him at Elite 11, and he was talking about how even though he won the Heisman last year was a was a failure because they didn't win a national championship. And Alabama is known for having bounce-back years after, after seasons where they don't win a championship. So that'll be interesting to see from Saban as well as the players. We're speaking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. What are some things that you, the media, and fans in Tuscaloosa are wanting to hear? Try, you know, some answers that they want from media days next week when Nick Saban and the players show up. Well, you know, obviously, like like we said, conference alignment and NRL are the two biggest uh, discussions. I know that a lot of fans are wanting to kind of have Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban round three, <laughs> as if we are <laughs> haven't already had of that, but. 
that's no doubt going to be a topic of discussion when those two get when those two coaches get up on the stands. I know a lot of a lot of a lot of, uh, of, of fans are looking forward to that. As members of the media, you know, uh, Nick Saban, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of Auburn, fan of Alabama, LSU, whoever. People, when Nick Saban talks, uh, people tend to listen. And I know a lot of people are curious as to what you know he has to say about conference realignment and the additions of Texas and Oklahoma and potentially a couple of more schools, depending on if some reports we've heard are are accurate or not. So, I'm, I'm as a member of the media, I'm looking forward to those answers. And I'm glad you brought up the Jimbo situation. I was going to ask you, how quick do you think that comes up with with either Jimbo or Nick Saban at the podium? It's got to be the first question, right? It's going to be when the first three. That's 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 for sure. There's no, there's no way they're going to dodge that. You know, this week, this that's too many days without that question being asked at least once each of them. <laughs> and they and they know that going into it. And and you know, with Nick Saban knowing the type of person that he is from what we've seen from over the years, you know, he's already he's already thinking about it. He's already aggravated knowing he has to talk about it and answer those questions going into SEC media days. But talking to Joey Blackwell from Bama Central. So as of right now, it is. Monday, July 11th, we are 54 days away from Auburn and Alabama kicking off the football season. What can you tell us? Any kind of updates going on with Alabama football right now as we head into media days and then in a couple of weeks as fall practice will get going? Well, this time time of year is typically a very, very quiet time for Alabama football. Of course, the past couple of weeks, Alabama had a a flood of of, of commitments uh, in regards to recruiting. But outside of that, it really has it really hasn't you know not a lot of noise. So looking forward to seeing when practices start. They usually start with the first weekend of August. So um, of course, right now we're just kind of preparing for SEC media days and getting to hear you know like we talked about earlier you know thoughts on the mentality and the approach of this year's team. So really quiet right now. But at the same time, you know uh, June was a really slow recruitment or started out like a slow recruitment month, which had a lot of Alabama fans worried, but. As time went on, the last week of the of the of the of the month, and then this past week, the first week of July, has been really really busy. So it looks like Alabama's catching up in that regard. Well, I always like when the countdown gets to fifty. That's what I tell everybody over here on the show. I said once you get the countdown to fifty, it really starts to pick up, and then you get to SEC media days, and then fall camp and practice begins, and then once you hit that, I mean, it's you're a month out, and it's going to go super super quick. So I know we're excited to get to media days and find out what the coaches and players can tell us, and then also getting into fall camp and practice because then there's tons of storylines coming out position battles and and hopefully no injuries but that is a part of it a lot of times so excited to get into that but moving into a little bit of baseball news before we start going into some of the schedule again we'll pick up on that segment in just a minute I saw that Alabama picked up a baseball transfer from Florida what can you tell us yeah a transfer catcher from from the Florida Gators uh committed to transfer to Alabama this past weekend. His name is Matt Gusetti. Um, he was a it's fantastic fielding catcher. I believe between his two seasons, he boasts, uh, I think it's a 9.9, I'm sorry, 9.990 fielding percentage. Sorry, got a little slipped up there. Um, but he's a fantastic fielder. Also brings a consistent bat to the Crimson Tide. It's something that Alabama's been needing. Um, he's their third uh, transfer portal addition this offseason. Um, Tennessee Tech third baseman Ed Johnson, who actually played his uh, for his first season at Auburn, I believe, um, transfer early. And then there's a really solid pitcher in Aiden Moza from UAB. So, um, as you said, he really rounds out a, 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 an incoming transfer trio. And I actually um, spoke uh, to a representative of the team yesterday, and he said they're not done 
hitting the portal yet. So look forward to having a, at least a couple of more additions in the near future for Alabama baseball. And Joey, what if you uh, do you know what those additions are? Are there positions that Alabama is seeking out specifically, or maybe just players that are just really good? Well, I can't really comment on the specifics, but what I can say is this team is really looking to reload its pitching staff, um, get in a couple of more strong arms. Uh, they do have a couple uh, coming in potentially from this freshman class. Of course, there's Walter Ford coming in, but at the same time, Walter Ford's a really, really high-profile recruit that in all honesty, we'll probably head to the MLB during the MLB draft. But um, if he does come to Alabama, they'll love to have him in their rotation. I, no doubt he'd be a weekend starter even as a freshman. So, um, But, you know, I can say they are still looking at some pitchers and uh, potentially some outfielders after the departure of Owen Diodotti and potentially a couple of others. So those are the positions that they're really looking at right now. We've got Joey Blackwell from Bama Central on the phone. Let's continue our segment. Obviously, we didn't get to do it last week with the 4th of July holiday, but we'll jump right back into it, breaking down Alabama's football schedule, sort of previewing the matchup the best that we can in the month of July, You know, talking about last year's matchup, if there was one, and just kind of looking at it ahead. We'll start with, because we talked about the last time we spoke, was the Texas A&M game. We discussed that and all the drama that's surrounding that matchup. And then after that, Alabama goes to Tennessee, a a rivalry, quote-unquote. I say quote-unquote because I don't consider it a rivalry anymore when one team dominates every (laughs) single year like Alabama has in this. But you go to Tennessee, and uh, we look, we hear it every year, but Tennessee's supposed to be good this year, Joey. What do you expect? Yeah, you know, I remember uh, when we talked about Arkansas, I said there were two games this season just for Alabama fans circle on their calendars, mm-hmm. potential uh, potential upset games, and this Tennessee game is that second one after Arkansas. Um, you know, Josh Heifel gave Tennessee fans pretty much exactly what they were looking for out of a first season from a new head coach. They finished with a course of seven and six season. It would have been nice to have been more competitive against Georgia and Alabama, but and in losing to Ole Miss. <laughs> But, you know, the offense was really solid, and now that program has built an identity um, to go along with it. They have an incredible offense, you know, fireworks left and right. And, but now the SEC has been warned. You know, they were they were ready to put up at least 450 yards and 35 points each game, uh, which all teams are going to need to do this year in order to beat them. Um, this is a really, really solid Tennessee team, and um, they still do have some question marks on defense, but the Heifels done a really good job of converting this offense and really looking forward to seeing what they can do this year in the SEC East. Yeah, we'll see if Tennessee is, is you know, let's see if Tennessee is actually going to be good. I think they've got some talent, and I think Heifel is a great coach. They've definitely hit the recruiting trail extremely hard. I think Tennessee might possibly start to, to get better and, and be competitive again, not just in the SEC East, but in the SEC overall. After that game, Alabama comes home for Mississippi State, a game that can be tricky, you know, when with it on Auburn's schedule. Auburn has to go to Mississippi State, and I'm worried about it a little bit. Alabama gets the Bulldogs at home, uh, a big-time coaching matchup. Your expectations on this game early? You know, if if, if Mike Leach, you know, eventually this is going to work, and it's eventually going to lead to more wins. (laughs) And and this might be a season for them. You know, this offense has got, you know, has to go to another level to be even more dangerous. And the 400 yard passing days have have pretty much been accepted as the norm. You know, they have obviously Will Rogers coming back, who's a really incredible quarterback. But this year, they also have the running back game to, to, to match up with it. One of their biggest issues last year was offensive line, which that's still a question mark for this year. 
but they do have a lot more veteran experience on that offensive line. Um, that being said, you know, this is going, they're going to be going up against an Alabama offense that's obviously loaded with talent. And the defensive secondary was another issue for, um, for, for Mississippi State last year as it is this year. So I'm picking Alabama in this one, you know, just to go ahead and throw that out there. But at the same time, I do think this will, it will eventually work for Mike Leach. I think he's done a decent job at Mississippi State, but he's going to have to, wait a couple of more years for some more results to, to end the wins start picking up well let's just be honest mississippi state is a tough job right now with the sec as strong yeah. as it is the sec west as strong as it is that's a tough job for anybody but i think mike leach is a great fit over there and i agree i think good things will happen eventually for mississippi state i think being at home for alabama will give them a big advantage in that game against mississippi state and then the last game we'll discuss before i let you get out of here the big matchup, one of the biggest games in college football all season long. Alabama travels to Baton Rouge, to Death Valley, to LSU. This has been a matchup historically. I mean, the the home team always has that advantage, especially in Baton Rouge. You know, what what does this game mean for Alabama fans against LSU? Well, you know, it's a, a this might be a new head coach, but it's still LSU. So it's always going to mean a lot to the to Alabama fans. You know, you know, there's a reason why, you know, one of the early win total lines was at roughly six, six and a half wins. And, you know, it's Brian Kelly, obviously, is a fantastic coach. He did a great job at Notre Dame, but it's still a new job for him and having to recruit new territory. There's huge turnover with this LSU team due to all the transfers because of Ed Ordron, you know, leaving the program. Um, I, 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 you know, it's a rebuilding year for them. And I know LSU fans don't like to hear that, but it truly is for them this year. Um, I do believe in Brian Kelly there in the long term, but I don't believe he can get this program up and running, you know, in, a, in an immediate turnaround this year. That being said, you know, they're having to go down and play in Baton Rouge, which is always a really tough place to play. Um, I really um, like what Brian Kelly has done across his career and looking forward to seeing what he can, what he can do with a very new attitude and a very new uh, uh, um, demeanor of for LSU coach, but uh, really excited to see what the job he can do down there. And Joey, one more thing. When you look at this coaching matchup, you have Nick Saban, who's coached in the SEC for so long, versus Brian Kelly, who, like you've talked about, is coaching his very first year in the SEC. What, what do you expect to see you know, the, the matchup between Saban and Brian Kelly and the advantage that Nick Saban has with so much experience? Well, you know, Nick Saban's already played Brian Kelly twice. You know, I think it was, it was in the national championship game about a decade ago, and then of course in the college football playoff two seasons ago. You know, this is a, and Nick Saban of course beat him both times. Um, but you know, Nick Saban obviously does have an edge of experience, <laughs> having already coached at LSU and winning a national title there in the early 2000s. But I think one of the one of the wake up calls for Brian Kelly is going to be recruiting. You know, he was able to recruit pretty well at Notre Dame for them to have such high academic standards, but he's now recruiting in a, in a, in a hotbed state of Louisiana with, but, you know, he already has Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban and, and Brian Harson and, and, and Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin to deal with that are all competing for those hot recruits in his state. So it's going to be quite an adjustment for him. Um, I, I think it's definitely going to be difficult early on, but I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, this, you know, kind of, I wouldn't really call it a rivalry between Brian Kelly and Nick Saban, but with the heat of the LSU Alabama rivalry, I'm looking forward to seeing that possibly heat up. Well, Joey, great stuff as always. I appreciate you and your time. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing over at Bama Central. 
Absolutely. Everybody can follow me on Twitter at Blackwell Sports, and they can find all my stories online at BamaCentral.com. We're a Sports Illustrated affiliate for Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, thank you so much for having me, Jacob. It's always fun. Always a good time. I appreciate you coming on. We will talk to you later. That is Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. Always good having him on, letting us know what's going on over in Tuscaloosa. Let's take our final break here in hour number one. We'll come back and wrap it up. You're listening to the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you. Wrapping up this first hour. Don't worry, we'll be back at 3 o'clock for hour number two. Big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central coming on during his usual Monday segment, telling us everything going on over in Tuscaloosa. Always good having him on. Lots of great information, uh, previewing SEC Media Days, talking about an Alabama baseball transfer that they picked up from Florida and then continuing on previewing some of the games on Alabama's football schedule so always good to have Joey Blackwell on from Bama Central so big thank you to him before we had him on we had a phone call uh, and I really appreciate that I wanted to hit on a few things we've got just a few minutes here before we get to the bottom or excuse me the top of the hour break but talking about the the comments from some of the football players for Auburn talking about the program right now and talking about the difference in the program right now than it used to be and I I agree I think it's a very very good sign and it's a great thing to have the players telling you what the program is about and what they are experiencing in the program rather it rather than it being someone on the radio or a you know a, a a beat reporter or something like that not saying we don't do good work or they don't do good work but they're only getting so much, right? And you're getting it from the players and from coaches, insiders, whoever it may be. But we can only do so much, and we can only use the information that the coaches and players willingly give up. And that's giving it to, you know, radio personalities and reporters and journalists. But in these types of situations where the players are sitting down in interviews, but they're opening up even more and they're giving their true thoughts, opinions, whatever it may be, that's really important. And it's really, really, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. It's really a positive sign that the players are coming out and some some big names coming out too, saying this is what's going on at Auburn. There is accountability There's hard work, and I love what they were saying. I need to go watch that video because I personally have not seen that yet, but I am going to go find it probably after the show today, maybe when I'm chilling at home tonight. And, you know, the players talking about, and again, the players talking about just accountability, and there's no longer the option of, "Uh, do I want to go to practice today, or maybe I'll just skip out and I'll be okay. Coach won't be that mad. Doesn't sound like that's the that's how this is being ran anymore. It sounds like you get up and you come to practice and you come to workouts or you're not going to play and you may not be on this football team anymore. That's what I thought was happening before I heard that phone call and that just kind of helped it and reassured it a little bit. And you know what? That's what winning programs do. That's how winning coaches operate. And from what I'm being told and what I read and what I hear – 
Sounds like Brian Harson is trying to turn this program around, and there's a big difference between what's going on at Auburn right now and what was going on at Auburn two or three years ago under Gus Malzahn. I liked Gus, okay? He did some good things for Auburn, but he didn't run this program the right way, right? He didn't run it the right way. There is no choice of whether you want to go to practice or not. You get up and go to practice. That's how this works. We'll talk about that some more in hour number two. Hour number one in the book. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man Jacob Goins here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Hope you all had a great weekend over the Saturday and Sunday. Back in hour one, I talked about my weekend. Very, very long. I moved apartments here in Auburn, and if you've ever had to move, you know the 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 stress and the work and just the everything that goes into moving. And thankfully. I was only moving from one apartment to the other here in Auburn, so I was only moving, I mean, literally a couple of miles. But still, even in that short distance, I've already lost stuff. I've lost socks, and I've lost clothes, and I've lost uh, stuff from my kitchen. I don't know. It, it's, it's somewhere in a box. I just am currently you know, slowly but surely un- unboxing stuff and unpacking and trying to put stuff in places. So did all of that over the weekend. It was very busy, very long also, uh, this morning, just like I did on Thursday and Friday, this morning, I hosted Auburn Opelika this morning on our sister station, News Talk WANI 98.7 uh, here at Auburn Network. Ben Taylor was out for vacation, so I hosted that from 6 to 9. So my alarm going off at 5 a.m. this morning was was very, very early, and I was not happy. But I did it, and I enjoyed doing Auburn Opelika this morning. So I definitely pumped this show and made sure people knew who I was and what show that I hosted every day. So if you are here from Auburn Opelika this morning, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you're still here from hour number one, thank you so much. If you're just now tuning in for hour number two, I appreciate you as well. Thank you very much. Hour number one officially in the books, but you know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika sports leader, Phone lines are open, folks, 334-321-1390. That is the number to put you through to me. Anything on your mind in the sports world, I would love to hear from you. We had a great phone call back in hour number one uh, from a listener. Had a lot of good information. We're going to touch on that some more here in hour number two. But anything on your mind in the sports world that you want to call in, talk to me about, anything I'm going over that you want to chime in on, just be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. That number again, 
1390. We'll have the question of the day coming up in just a little bit. We're about to get into making headlines, all of that good stuff. At 3.30, we're going to have Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network giving us everything going on with Auburn Athletics. We'll preview SEC Media Days this week, talk about Auburn players in the NBA, Summer League, and all of that good stuff. So we will get into that with Jacob Hillman at 3.30 of the Auburn Sports Network. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, if you missed anything from hour number one, it was a good one. I recommend you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I'll upload that immediately following today's show. So if you missed anything from hour number one, if you can't catch everything here in hour number two, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Talk to Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central, back in hour number one, talking all things Alabama athletics. Previewed SEC Media Days from Tuscaloosa's standpoint. Also continued on talking about Alabama's football schedule. And we talked about Tennessee, Mississippi State, and LSU. Those games for Alabama coming up this year. So lots of good stuff from Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. So if you missed that or anything else of hour number one, again, go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast But like we do to start off hour number two every single day, let's get into making headlines here on Monday, July 11th, 2022. 54 days away from Auburn football. That is right. 54 days away until September 3rd when Auburn football will kick off this season. There's a lot of emotions right now, a lot of mixed feelings about what this season will hold. But I think positivity is on the rise and I think optimism is rising with Auburn fans around this football program and not just Auburn fans I think media as well and not just Auburn media but national media as well I think people are beginning to buy into Auburn but here's what I'll say I almost don't want everybody to buy into Auburn and they won't a lot of them won't because there is a major group of people that doesn't think Auburn's going to do anything good and you know what they may not so they may be absolutely right I'm not I'm not hating on them whatsoever but there is still a big group that will doubt Auburn and think that Auburn is not going to do good whether that's national media Auburn fans Auburn writers whoever it may be there's a big group that's going to think that and that's totally fine but I think the amount of people who are starting to believe in this program a little bit and starting to buy into what this football season will be and buying into the program and buying into the coaches and what the players have to say, I think that group, the number of people in that group is rising. And I've been there for a while. If you've listened to the show, you know that's been my thought and my opinion about this. But I'm starting to feel like more and more people are, are jumping onto that ship. If that's one of you, I'd love to hear why. Right? I'd love to hear where you stand on this, why or why not. You know, why are you optimistic about the season? Why are you net you know, why are you not optimistic about the season? Anything like that. We can have that conversation any day, anytime. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. But we are 54 days away from Auburn football, so that's exciting times. The countdown to 50 is still on. We will hit that this week. Media Days is next week. A couple of weeks from then, fall camp will start, and then school will start back up, and then the football season's going to be here. It is so close, folks. We are so, so close. We're like a month and a half away, literally, like a month and a half. We can do it, folks. I promise we can get there. But in making headlines, of course, SEC Media Days is next week. And if you missed my announcement back in hour number one, I will be talking about this all week long. But 
next week in Atlanta for SEC Media Days. I will be doing on the line the show live from Radio Row at SEC Media Days all week long, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, all four days of SEC Media Days. I will be live at Media Days getting interviews with hopefully coaches, players, media personalities, writers, whoever I can get a hold of uh, to get some questions, whether it be live on the show or during the day that I get recorded and play back during the show. I'm going to be just running around trying to get as many interviews as I can and try to get some good guests, some good information. I'm excited to be going over there. And again, two to four on the line like normal, but I'm going to be live from SEC Media Days on Radio Row. Really, really excited about that. So make sure you tune in for the show. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have such good content, lots of good interviews and sound bites from, again, the goal is to get obviously coaches and players and you know big media personalities and writers and all of that good stuff uh, whoever I can get a hold of for questions and comments and anything like that I'm going to do my best to get as much content for you guys the listeners because I think that's super cool I'm excited to be able to go I'm very blessed and thankful that Auburn Network decided to send me over also Dan Peck co-host of The Drive from four to six he will be joining me in Atlanta all week long he will be uh, with me at Media Days he will be co-hosting my show on the line so he'll be on the air with me we'll be talking about everything going on at Media Days so he will be with me as well Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Dan Peck, co-host of The Drive, will be on with me as well, co-hosting on the line. So exciting to have somebody else come on the show with me. We'll be breaking down everything going on from SEC Media Day. So again, I'll be live from Radio Row next week at SEC Media Days in Atlanta, 2-4, to four, Monday through Thursday. Really, really, really excited about that. And lots of good stuff coming out of Media Days next week. I'm really excited to see what the coaches have to say about everything going on with NIL, conference realignment, and, the, and just the upcoming season. I'm so excited for that. So SEC Media Days, tons going on next week over in Atlanta. Moving on with making headlines. In case you missed it last night in the NBA Summer League, JT Thor, former Auburn basketball star, hits a game-winner in the NBA Summer League last night for Charlotte, it was double overtime. And in the NBA Summer League, I didn't know this, but apparently once you get to double overtime in the NBA Summer League, they just decide, yeah, we're not playing a whole lot of more basketball. So once you get to double overtime, they said, man, next score wins, next basket wins. And that's exactly what happened. Charlotte was playing Los Angeles. They were playing the Lakers. The Lakers missed a shot. It went out of bounds. The Hornets brought the ball down. They ran a play for JT Thor. It was a screen on the right wing. He rolled to the corner. The guard dribbled to the right, kicked it to JT Thor, and he stepped up and knocked it down. Buried a three-point shot. Game winner. Charlotte wins. JT Thor all over the, you know, all over the media and ESPN and everything like that. Super, super cool to see. And you know, not that a, a big, not that a win in the summer league is like huge news, but it is cool to see Auburn players making an impact, whether it's summer league or regular season, whatever it may, G League, whatever it is. It is really cool to see Auburn players making an impact on their professional basketball teams. And I talked about this back in the first hour. I think JT Thor gets forgotten about a lot. I think he gets lost in the weeds at times when talking about Auburn players in the NBA. He's still very young. 
and he's still trying to get as many reps in, in as he can. And so that's why he's playing these NBA, NBA Summer League games. But really exciting to see JT Thor hit a game winner last night. I hope he continues to improve and get better during his time in the pros. I think he can. I think he's really good and has a lot of potential. JT Thor hit the game winner last night in the NBA Summer League. Moving on and making headlines, speaking of the NBA Summer League, Jabari Smith now has two games under his belt in the Summer League, and the offensive woes sort of continue for Jabari. In his first game, he had 10 points, uh, didn't shoot great, didn't shoot terrible, but his second game over the weekend, he played 31 minutes, so he played more than anybody else on the Rockets team in their two-point win uh, in the NBA Summer League, but it was his shooting numbers that kind of have a concern he shot five of 19 from the field and had 12 points in those 31 minutes played look five of 19 is 26 percent folks I think we can all agree that's not very good but what you do have to remember about Jabari Smith and if you watched if you watch him in the NBA summer league games you have seen this already in just two games his defense is outstanding His mindset is very, very positive and very, very good. His effort is through the roof. He goes after rebounds. He goes and plays defense. He runs up and down the floor. He's moving on offense. He's doing everything correctly. We talked about that with a caller back in hour number one. He's doing everything else correctly except shooting well. But he is taking good shots, for him at least. Remember at Auburn when he played, he would take those contested fade away 18-foot jumpers, but he could make them. And I would always say, if anybody else takes that shot, you yank them off the floor because it's a horrible shot. But for somebody like Jabari Smith, he can make that shot. That is a makeable shot for Jabari Smith. He can, he can confidently take that shot and make that shot. And he's shooting those in this summer league. He's shooting threes and mid-range jumpers in the NBA summer league right now. He's just not making them yet. But we know that he can. And so, is it a concern that he's not shooting great? Eh, maybe. But it's only two games of the Summer League. And he's doing everything else so well, he's going to be just fine. And that's exactly what the Houston Rockets coaches are saying. They're happy with what he's done so far. He's doing everything else right. He plays defense, and that's better than three-fourths of the NBA. He's going to fit in just fine. The offense will come. And we know... When Jabari Smith starts getting hot and can shoot the basketball at will, it's over. He's a, he's a stone-cold killer. We know that about him. He's going to be just fine. But I do want to see him get some good, some good offensive games in this summer league before it's over. I think it'll happen. But Jabari, he's doing everything else right. He's going to be just fine. Moving on to some baseball headlines. The Atlanta Braves... They did what I told them to do. They get the sweep against the Nationals. They took advantage of the weaker opponent. They get the sweep over the weekend after winning in extras last night. And look, when you look at the Braves, they had the Nationals. Now they have a big series coming up these next three days. We'll get into that in just a second. And then they play the Nationals again. So a big opportunity for the Braves to really pick up some wins. And you look at the series against the Nationals for for Atlanta, they won 4 to 3 last night in a 12 inning ball game. They win 4 to 3 on Saturday and 12 to 2 on Friday. So, good sweep for the Braves. They pick up three big wins uh, against the Nationals after coming off 3 of 4 against the St. Louis Cardinals, 3 of 4 wins that is against the Cardinals. 
And now tonight, we previewed it last week, and now the Braves have a huge series tonight, tomorrow, and on Wednesday against the New York Mets. Tonight, 6-20 on FS1. It's the Braves and the Mets. The Mets currently 53-33. and The Braves are 52-35. and They play tonight, tomorrow, and on Wednesday, all in Atlanta. 6-20 tonight, 6-20 tomorrow, and then they play at 11-20 a.m. on Wednesday. That is a super weird time for that, but sure, why not? They're playing at 11-20 on Wednesday, 11-20 a.m. in Atlanta on Wednesday, but Big, big series for the Braves against the Mets. When you look at the standings in the National League East, the Mets are atop still at 53 and 33. Braves in second, 52 and 35. But it's only a one and a half game lead now for the New York Mets. So this is a big time series. Yes, it's early mid July, but this is a big series in this National League East because anybody could come out of this thing as the winner when it comes between the Mets and the Braves. And this is a big series that can take the Braves from from second to first, from behind to ahead in the division. You're one and a half games back. You win a couple of games. If you win the series, you're going to be in in the lead. And then you go and play the Nationals again. So the Braves have a big-time opportunity being at home. You have the Mets, the Nationals, and then looking ahead, you have the Angels again at home before you take on the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Some winnable games for the Braves coming up, but a big series tonight against the New York Mets. And you look at the pitching matchup tonight, this will be a fantastic game. Barn burner on the mound for the Braves and the Mets. It's Max Freed going for the Braves and Max Scherzer coming back for the New York Mets tonight. Scherzer's just unbelievable. He's such a good pitcher, but Max Freed is as well. You look at Freed, he's 9 and 2 with a 2.52 ERA. Scherzer coming off of an injury, so we'll see how he is able to perform. I think it's going to be a fantastic game tonight. Game 1 the Braves and the Mets in this three-game series in Atlanta, 6:20 on FS1. So if you're able to watch that, I highly recommend that you do. Moving on and making headlines, all you golf fans out there, I'm sure you know this, the Open is this week. It's the British Open, sometimes it's called, but it's the Open, uh, one of the four majors in golf that is going on this week and the weekend. Really exciting. I'm sure there's a ton of news lines that will be coming out because, again, with the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour, this is, it's called the Open. So anybody that qualifies can play. And so you don't have to be part of the PGA or part of the Live Golf Tour to play in this thing. So they're going to be a big mix of players in this. We know the emotions that come from the PGA players who are very, very frustrated with the players who have gone to the Live Golf Tour. But look, money talks. And at the end of the day, players are going to go where the money is and there's nothing anybody can do to stop them. So Lots of uh, lots of drama going on in the game of golf right now. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to watch the Open. If you like defensive golf and very, very, um, well, I don't want to say low scoring because that would mean good, but we're looking at when it comes to the British Open and the, you know, the Open is what it's called, when you want to talk about a winning score in the Open, if you're under par, you're doing something right because the courses over there that they play on and the conditions are just so tough. Windy, rainy, cold, and hard. I mean, just super, super difficult golf conditions. So if you like defensive golf and grinding it out and, and 
really, really struggling to to get pars and birdies and really having to earn it, this is your type of golf tournament. Uh, I highly recommend that you watch it. It should be a fantastic tournament. The Open uh, tonight, or not tonight, but this week and this weekend in the game of golf. That's it for making headlines. We're off and running here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line. Phone lines are open. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Question of the day, in case you missed it back in hour number one. When we're talking about Auburn basketball players in the NBA, I came up with this question, and I'd love to hear from you. We have an answer already. I would love to hear some more. Which professional sports league do you want to see the most Auburn athletes in, whether it's the NFL for football, NBA, MLB, whatever it may be, what professional sport league do you want to see the most Auburn athletes in and have success in and why? That's the question of the day. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. We'll talk about that. I'll give you my answer. Plus, we'll talk some more some Auburn football and the mentality change of the program on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Question of the day, which professional sports league do you want to see the most Auburn athletes in and have success in and why? 334-321-1390. Had a caller earlier say the NBA because there's more games and there's you know more competition and there's more to watch them have success. I like that answer a lot. You know the NBA, you have 82 games in a season. There's a lot more chances for them to to put on their their show and to to show their talent and for the information and the knowledge of them being Auburn players to get out there. I like that. I like that thought process a lot. My answer to the question is the NFL. And the reason for that is uh, I think I picked the NFL because it's got the most viewers out of all professional sports in in the United States. The NFL has the most viewers. Uh, Yes, there's less games, but the games are a lot bigger. There's more people watching them. And look, football just reigns supreme in the United States, right? Not Maybe not so much NFL here in the South. I know you have the, the Falcons and the Saints and the, and the Tennessee Titans. But overall, the NFL has more viewers than, than any of those other professional sports leagues. And I picked the NFL for that reason and because if there's a lot of Auburn NFL players you know, playing professional football. If there's NFL players that played at Auburn, right, there's that means that Auburn is having great success because that means good players are coming to Auburn, but they're also getting better while they're here. And if that's the case and they're going to the NFL and they're having success in the NFL, that means Auburn's having success. And if those players are coming to Auburn and then going to the NFL, that speaks to recruits which means Auburn's going to pick up better recruits, more recruits, which means Auburn football is going to get better. And let's just be honest. If we all had to pick one sport for Auburn to be the best at, we're going to pick football. Uh, I think 75% of Auburn fans, and, and obviously we know the difference in what 
being an Auburn fan means versus any other school in the country. We know what that means. Auburn fans are Auburn fans, right? We know that. Whereas some other schools, they may just be fans of football. They may just be fans of basketball. May just be fans of baseball. Auburn fans are Auburn fans, right? But I think 75% of us would probably say if we had one sport that we wanted to be great at, we would want it to be football. And so I want the most Auburn athletes to be in the NFL. If I had to choose one, I would love to have Auburn athletes all over the place. And we do. Auburn has athletes everywhere in professional sports and overseas and everywhere. But if I had to pick a professional league to have the most Auburn players in with the most success, I'm going to choose the NFL because it has the most viewers and football reigns supreme. And that means Auburn football as a program is having success, which means Auburn's going to get bigger and better recruits. I'm looking at the big picture here. That's what I would choose. I would choose the NFL over any of the other leagues. And to kind of go off of that a little bit, continuing on with the, you know, the points about what the status of this program is right now for Auburn football as we sit here on Monday, July 11th. We're 54 days away from the college football season. We have SEC Media Days coming up next week. And then a couple of weeks after that, fall camp will begin. And then about a month from then, the season is here. And I think the right things are happening at Auburn. I've been saying that. I think the mentality has completely changed. It's completely changed. We saw that. I think we started seeing it last season. And we really saw it in February when everything went down with Brian Harson. right? That whole situation, when that went down and there was a big turnover in players, when a lot of people got up and left, they said, we don't want to be here anymore. There was a reason for that, folks. I know we talked about that way back when, but that's been a while from now. So I want to talk about it again in this minute that I've got. There was a reason those players left Auburn and went somewhere else. And there's also a reason why a lot of them followed Gus Malzahn. And I'm not talking bad about Gus. I liked him. He did great things for Auburn, but he did things his own way. And that way just doesn't work. It doesn't work at a big-time program long-term. It just doesn't. There's a reason that the players that left Auburn went to UCF and followed Gus. They wanted to go to a program and play for a coach where they weren't held accountable, where they could just do whatever they wanted. If they wanted to go to practice, cool, they could go. But if they didn't, they didn't. That's not what Auburn is anymore. That's not what Brian Harson is. And he's trying to get that out of Auburn, and I think he's done a pretty good job. And that goes all the way to the very top of the school and the program. We've seen him do it, and I think it's working. Now what we have to see is if it works on the football field. Does it produce wins? We're going to hear some more about this in final take today, but stay tuned. We got Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network coming up. You don't want to miss it. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 
30 more minutes here on this Monday afternoon. It's been a couple of weeks, but we got Jacob Hillman back from the Auburn Sports Network. Hillman, we got so much to talk about, man. Let's jump into it. First of all, we were talking about it just a second ago off the air, but you went to a NASCAR race over the weekend, your first time. How was that? Yeah, it was it was very interesting and just a different experience than your typical sporting event. I kind of had an idea of what to expect going into it, but overall it was a really cool experience. Chase Elliott got the win in his home state, and uh, obviously the, 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 the crowd there loved that, so... Uh, it was a lot of fun uh, getting to experience that for the first time. Yeah, I've I've never been to a NASCAR race, and I'll admit I don't watch a ton of NASCAR. Every now and then you'll see it on a Sunday afternoon or something, maybe flip it on, fall asleep, take a nap type of thing. But, but <laughs> you know, I've never been. I would like to go. What would you – I mean, can you even compare it to a football game, or is it just something completely different? Completely different. I mean, that, I, I think the tailgating aspect, uh, oh, that's gosh. similar. You, you could you could spend a whole day uh, doing that and just having a good time uh, before the NASCAR race. I think something really cool they also do is have those concert series or whatever at the, oh, at, yeah. at the races before. So that, that's kind of a cool way they uh, make it different where it's not just racing. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I've never been. I'd like to go, but I saw, you know, obviously we're, we're buddies outside of this and we're keeping up with each other. So I saw you were doing that, so that's really cool. But we've got a lot of Auburn stuff to talk about, talking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. Let's jump into it. I've been talking a lot about Auburn basketball players in the NBA. Of course, the NBA Summer League going on right now. And the big thing that I'm trying to remind people is this is the NBA Summer League. So we cannot get too into it right we we can we can look at it and evaluate it but we cannot over evaluate and over analyze things because this is the NBA Summer League right but when you're looking at players like Jabari Smith he's two games into the NBA Summer League what have been your impressions so far of the youngster Jabari Smith yeah I think obviously the one thing that he's uh he struggled with is just the scoring aspect uh he I mean uh, statistically it's not been the prettiest thing in the world but I, I'll look at the game that the Thunder won and how he was doing everything but scoring. He he struggled to uh, find his shot, and I think you know in the first game against the uh, the Magic, it was a matter of him. Everyone was talking about him not getting the ball, and I I do think that was kind of a big issue there. That was not the issue in game two. I mean, uh, like I said, the shooting statistics weren't good. Five for nineteen. That's not what he did at Auburn. Two for nine from three. That was way out of character. But yeah, look the fact he had nine rebounds, he had four steals and three blocks. Uh, he's also starting to figure out. Uh, th- that game against the Magic, I thought he was really aggressive on defense, and he kind of took a few minutes to adjust to how he had to play defensively, and I think he did a better job uh, against the Thunder, and that was against uh, the number two overall pick in Chet Holmgren, and I really liked that they matched him up with him pretty much the entire game, and he was also able to guard other positions on the floor uh, against the Thunder, but yeah, it's, the scoring is something that it's going to be interesting to see how that comes along, because uh, I think it could take some time. Uh, we remember at the beginning of Auburn season last year, he wasn't doing anything too crazy and uh, uh, really anything special until that Thanksgiving tournament in the Bahamas. So uh, I could see it being a similar type of deal uh, in his rookie season. And obviously, this is the NBA versus college basketball. It might take a little bit longer. But, hey, as long as he's out there uh, grabbing rebounds, playing great defense, then he's going to be on the floor starting and uh, getting a lot of minutes. Which is exactly what his Houston Rockets coaches have been saying. He's playing good defense, grabbing rebounds, and, and putting in the effort. They want to see that, 
more than shooting 30 times and making half of them. They want to see the effort plays because the offense will come. They know that with Jabari Smith. And Hillman, we saw a couple of times, I'm glad you brought this up, during his time at Auburn where he had some games where he did not shoot the basketball well. How did we see him adjust during his time at Auburn that can help him in the NBA? Well, I think part of it is continuing to shoot, and that's why it's good that he's going to keep getting these minutes. Now, of course, there, there does come a point where, all right, you do need to stop shooting if you're just not making anything or it's not your night. But it felt like at times that at Auburn he was able just to shoot out of it. And it was kind of, it's kind of something that you don't know if it's going to work in the NBA, but I, I, look, I, mean, I look at the Kentucky game uh, this past year where uh, Smith wasn't doing much offensively in the first half, but then in the second half he hit several dagger mid-range shots. And that mid-range shot is something that I think he needs to have consistently – uh, in his arsenal in the NBA. I think if he has that, then it's going to really open things up for the three-point shot. Uh, they'll have to respect that mid-range shot. So uh, as long as he figures out that, uh, that mid-range uh, sooner rather than later, then I think the scoring will all come together. And also another thing is he needs to figure out a left hand. I think we saw it against the Magic. Uh, he's, his first basket was that drive on mm-hmm. Paulo Bencaro. Uh, with the right hand. He tried it again just a few possessions later, and it did not work. Bancaro blocked it off the glass, and uh, I think if he uses his left hand, he's going to be able to score that layup. So uh, I want to see him develop a left hand uh, before this upcoming season's over, or at least before his sophomore year. Well, there's no doubt that going into the draft, if there was something that we wanted to see more of from Jabari Smith, it was the ball handling and the ability to put the ball on the floor and take it to the rack. I would like to see some more of that as well. But us knowing Auburn basketball, and Auburn basketball fans in general, knowing Jabari so well, and I think the Houston Rockets as well, I don't think that there's a major, major concern with Jabari's offense. But if this is a trend that continues throughout you know halfway through the NBA season the entire NBA season maybe something for concern but he's too good offensively in my opinion for that to be a concern speaking with Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network I'm sure you saw it last night my friend JT Thor for Charlotte hit the game winner in double overtime of the NBA Summer League what a shot I mean how about that and someone that JT Thor he was he didn't play a ton last year for the Hornets he's so young and he's a second round pick after uh, his freshman year at Auburn, and that was obviously the COVID season, not not Auburn's best season in the last several years by any stretch. But you you could tell when he was at Auburn that he he had the potential to be a really good NBA player. He's got the athleticism, and he he, he looks a lot bigger than he did even last year in his rookie season. So I think that's something that's helping him come along. Uh, but last night hitting two threes, including that uh, that sudden death game winner. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's summer league, so who cares? But it was just something cool to see because, I mean, he wasn't talked about a lot as it comes to uh, Auburn pro basketball players last year. It was a lot of Chumo Okiki coming back from his injury, uh, Sharif Cooper getting some minutes with the Hawks, and uh, Isaac Okoro coming along as a great defensive player for the Cavaliers. You never know. This Hornets team, uh, they, they weren't the best last year, but they've got a great core uh, with Lamelo Ball. So I could see JT Thor, his, his, uh, his role expanding and getting some minutes during the regular season. I'm glad you brought up Chuma Okiki. That's one I forgot to mention today. I've been kind of talking about that because I was talking about JT Thor being one of those Auburn players that 
He's a forgotten star that played at Auburn. You don't yeah. really think about him a whole lot until he puts himself in the headlines like this. And I guess Chuma's the same way, I guess, with injuries and stuff like that. I forgot Chuma Okiki today, so, you know, if you yelled at me over the radio, I apologize. But, what, what you know, in your opinion, I, I guess, what's the reason? Why do you think JT Thor sometimes gets overlooked? Because he is so good, but why do you think he gets overlooked at times? I think it's as simple as the year he played here at Auburn. It was a COVID year, so think about it. The only, I mean, really only students and very few students got to watch him in person. Right. Uh, and the limited amount of season ticket holders that were there. And then I, I guess also, like I said, that, that season wasn't uh, wasn't up to Auburn standards that year with the postseason ban and uh, Sharif Cooper not being able to play until uh, January. Just it, it, nothing really worked out that year. And uh, it was a talented team. And you see a lot of those guys that were freshmen or young on that team that are having bigger roles. I think that's why. It's as simple as fans didn't get to watch him in person, so it's not someone that they're too familiar with. And uh, I think his name will start to gain more traction as the season goes on. I 100% agree. I think his potential is is through the roof. If he puts on some size and continues to just play to his strength and can build up that three-point shot like he's trying to do, what an unbelievable talent JT Thor is. We're talking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. One name that has not been playing in the NBA Summer League is Walker Kessler, a guy that has – he's only been in the league for a few weeks and he's already on his third team. Nothing to – you know, not that he's done anything wrong. He's just been kind of in the middle of a few trades. You know, I don't know if he's going to get any Summer League action or not. I doubt it. Uh, but what do you expect to see from Walker Kessler whenever he hits the floor, whether it be in the summer or in October when the season starts? Yeah, I'm hoping that they give him a chance. I believe that Utah had that had their they hosted a summer league kind of small tournament with four teams, and he got there in the middle of that. And I think they're headed to Vegas soon for for the rest of summer league. So I'm hoping that they bring him along and he's able to get some time. It's going to be interesting because obviously the Jazz have uh, been relying a lot on Rudy Gobert over these past few seasons, and uh, he's going to have a chance to make his name known. Now, they have Hassan Whiteside, so I'm not sure if Walker Kessler will start off the bat, but that I think that there will be times during the season where Kessler is getting almost as many minutes as Whiteside. Whiteside's kind of been trending downwards in his last few years, so it's going to be interesting to see how he matches with uh, a Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. I, I like that he's got a veteran in Conley and, and an all-star in Mitchell, so that you've got, got the good leader and then you've got the player that – uh, they're building around. So I, I, I imagine the Jazz see something in Kessler that they like that matches with Donovan Mitchell. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Hillman, in your opinion, is it to Walker Kessler's advantage to be a starter this early, or do you think it's better for him to be coming off the bench in his, in his development-wise? Yeah, that, that, that's hard to say. Uh, I think that he can start right off the bat. And I, like I, said, I don't think he will because I think Whiteside, with, with his veteran presence, they're going to – put him in the starting lineup, especially after losing such a great player in Gobert, uh, they don't want to put too much pressure on Kessler. So I think from that standpoint, it's better for him to come off the bench. But I also think he just needs to get, the, get out there and uh, play as many minutes as possible. I mean, I think his, his his strong suit is obviously the defense. And, you know, he's a player that obviously all the Jazz fans are saying, hopefully he can become a defensive player of the year at some point, like Gobert did many times. And um, his offense is what needs to develop a little bit. So like Jabari Smith, just getting those minutes and getting out there and getting a feel for what the NBA is like, I think will help him more than uh, developing off the floor in practice. 
Well, I'm with you. I hope that the Jazz give him some NBA Summer League reps. Not that the NBA Summer League is, you know, it's not about the wins and losses, let's be honest. It's about the players getting on the floor, getting some minutes and some reps and development. I hope Walker Kessler is able to do that a few games for the Utah Jazz. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, excuse me, let's talk some football for a minute. SEC Media Days is next week in Atlanta. Of course, Auburn will be on the last day on Thursday what are you expecting to hear from Brian Harson and the players about the program, NIL, conference expansion, all of that, which will be discussed next week? Yeah, I think the funny part is I think there might be less focus on the actual field than there will be on I think you're right. off the field stuff. I mean, I think that a lot of what we're going to be hearing about is, uh, I think with SEC, I think you're going to hear a lot more about NIL than you are about uh, the conference expansion. There will be plenty of that as well, but uh, I think especially with the uh, Nick Saban-Jimbo Fisher feud from about a month ago, maybe two months now, that is going to be the topic of discussion. And obviously, Coach Harson is going to be asked about that plenty of times uh, as he is the coach of Auburn, Alabama's rival. And I think that it's going to be interesting because of how, how, how NIL is shaping up here at Auburn. Uh, I think everyone's seen the Plains NIL Auburn Club. I, I, I might have mispronounced that name, but... Uh, it's the players are are leading that charge, and it's really interesting to see how they're doing that, so that fans can connect to them more uh, than uh, than they used to without NIL. And this is also the players' choice and how they run this and how they do it. And it'll be interesting to see if he's asked about that and uh, what kind of freedom those players are being given and what kind of guidance they're be, they're being given. Because I think it's a very interesting uh, kind of way to go about this. I, I don't think that's happening at a lot of schools, but. Uh, Auburn players, they, they have taken the charge on it. And when Brian Harson and the players get to the podium on Thursday, besides the NIL and conference expansion, because like you said, there's going to be so much conversation about that, but besides those two major topics, what do you want to hear from Harson and the players about this upcoming season and the current status of this team? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about the quarterback position, uh, about Zach Calzada and TJ Finley and and heck, even even Robbie Ashford. I, th- I think the, the competition is going to be between Calzada and Finley. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say about the development of everyone uh, on that on that in that quarterback room. And then on defense, I think uh, it'll be interesting to hear how the linebackers develop because right now you, the, the only guy that's proven in that linebacker room is Owen Papo, and you've got a bunch of other younger guys that have played smaller roles in the previous seasons. But that's going to expand this year and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, there's a name that pops out of his mouth that maybe you weren't expecting or uh, maybe someone that you were expecting, and uh, he's really impressed the coaching staff. Talking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network, just a couple more and I'll let you get out of here. We're 54 days away from the Auburn football season beginning on September 3rd, and in my opinion, and I want to see what you think, in my opinion, I think the – the enthusiasm and the positivity and the confidence in this Auburn football program seems to be rising a little bit the closer we get to football season due to some of the good things coming out of the program, whether it be from coaches, players, beat writers, radio personalities, whoever it may be. Do you feel that that's the, the, the situation right now that fans and the media are a little bit more optimistic about this season? Absolutely. I know that there there are rankings being released. I think I saw one today where it has Auburn finishing 12th in the SEC and whatnot, but there are still positive aspects coming out of this program, uh, even with all of that. It's a good thing that Auburn was able to get four-star recruits over the past few weeks, and 
you know, those, I think that was kind of what was holding back the optimism was the recruiting side of things, but a little bit of momentum is starting to, uh, to, to build up and it, they just got to keep hammering them out. Of course, I think we're in the dead period now, so you probably won't be much going on, uh, for a little bit, but still, it's all about those first five home games and the recruiting aspect, and you know that's when all the official visits are going to be going on. So uh, I think that that's how you can really take off uh, with the recruiting momentum, and and it seems like that's how a ton of optimism is stemmed from is the recruiting, and you know how is what does the future look like? So uh, I, I think that as long as uh, this this keeps up the way it's going from the past two weeks or so. I think that the recruiting can really take off and, and, and the optimism will continue to grow. Well, Hillman, it's always good to have you on, my friend. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing with Auburn Sports Network. Yeah, y'all follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. Follow the Auburn Sports Network at AU Sports Network. Uh, football season is, like you said, just around the corner. There's soccer and volleyball that'll be starting before that in August. So we're, 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 we are gaining closer as the minutes go by absolutely we are so close my friend it's always good to have you on i'll talk to you later right thank you jacob war eagle war eagle to you as well that's jacob hillman of the auburn sports network here on the monday edition of on the line we'll be right back we'll wrap up this monday edition with final take before the drive will come on stay tuned we'll wrap up monday edition of on the line after this you are on the line on espn 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Big thank you to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network coming on. What a great segment that was talking all things Auburn Athletics. Auburn uh, basketball players in the NBA talking Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, JT Thor. He brought up Chuma Okiki. I can't for I cannot believe I forgot to mention him earlier. I knew I was forgetting one. I knew I was in the back of my head. I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but I did. I forgot Chuma. But so many good players in the NBA right now for Auburn. I think that's a trend we will see continue. But big thank you to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network coming on Monday afternoons like he usually does. Also, big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central back in hour number one. He came on and talked about everything going on with Alabama Athletics, previewing SEC Media Days. We did that with Jacob Hillman as well. And then we continued on with Joey uh, about... Alabama schedule breaking down the next three games we talked about Tennessee Mississippi State and LSU so great interviews from Joey Blackwell of Bama Central and Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network it's been a fantastic show today if you've missed any of it hour one hour two bits and pieces whatever if you missed any of it make sure you go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast I will upload that immediately following today's show so make sure you go and find that no commercials it's just a good hour and a half of me talking with guests and everything else so make sure you go and find the commercial free podcast wherever you get your podcast just search on the line we've got about three minutes here before I get out of here to be the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck right after me from four to six here on ESPN ESPN 1067 Auburn Opelika sports leader but final take today is surrounding this Auburn football program and the optimism around this program here's what I want to say at this point it's Monday July 11th right we're 54 days away from Auburn football kicking off the season there's still a major major group of of people that doubt Auburn 
They doubt Brian Harson. They doubt the talent on this team. They doubt the, the team because of the schedule. They doubt that Auburn can win football games. They doubt Auburn because they're in the SEC, because they're in the SEC West, and they don't have the recruits. They don't have the talent. All of those things and all of those concerns are very realistic and very understandable. You can make a case for all of those and say, you know, for this reason, I'm worried about the season coming up for Auburn football. And that's totally acceptable and that's totally okay. But here's what I'm going to say. I've been on it for a while now that Auburn is going to surprise some people. I've been saying that Auburn is going to be better than people think. Remember last week we talked about Sports Illustrated saying Auburn was going to go 4-8? and eight? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm not saying Auburn's going to win a national championship. I'm not even saying Auburn's going to win an SEC championship. But Auburn has some talent on this team. And when I start to hear and continue to hear, like I have been over the past couple of weeks and even months, that good things are happening in the program, the coaching the coaching group, everybody is, is just going really, really well and everybody's doing their part and good things are happening and they're doing it the right way and they're being led by Brian Harson. That's good news to me. That's optimism. That's positive in my mind for this program. And if you ask me, it seems like this program's going in the right direction. Yeah, there's a long way to go. There's no doubt. There's a long way to go. And at the end of the day, we've talked about this so much. You know what it takes to be successful. you got to win. That's the ultimate deciding factor is winning football games. But if you can do everything right before you get to the field, the wins are going to come. And I think that's exactly what is happening with Brian Harson, this coaching staff, and this football program. And I'm going to go find that video of the players talking about because we had a caller call in and talk about it, and I have not seen it. But there's apparently a video of the players sitting down and talking about the good things going on in the program and giving their full opinions about what they think. And the big thing that sticks out to me is accountability. And this is no longer a program where the players run it. That's not how this is going to go anymore. The coaches are running this program. And you know what? That's what winning programs do. That's what they do. That's it for the Monday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. The drive is coming up. But, hey, I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.